Okay, this is the time of year where a lot of people have a lot of honey at the table because uh, we dip the apple in the honey. That's the biggest mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah. Um, no, I'm just joking. Shofar is the biggest mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah. And there's a lot of other mitzvahs. But the minig is that we dip the apple in the honey and we dip challah in the honey and people still use honey through whenever they can because they like it. So I wanted to spend today to talk a little bit about the kashros of honey, why honey is kosher. Uh, I got a great article from Ari Lipsky, again, writes these beautiful Allah articles he sends out every week, and uh, we'll discuss some of the things he says he writes in his article when he gives his um, overview of the topic. Rabbi David Heber of the Star K describes how honey is made. It's important before you pass on any shayla, before you could discuss any shayla, it's not a psak. we know honey is kosher, the question is why it's kosher, but in order to even discuss it, you have to know where does honey come from? So the way it works is that a bee sucks nectar from flowers orally with their mouth. Then the nectar mixes with saliva and it's swallowed into the honey sack and enzymes from the saliva break down the nectar and turn it into honey. So next time you're eating honey, think bee saliva. And then <laughs> the, uh, the, as it turns into honey, it's never really totally di- digested. It's transformed into honey in the honey sack. And then the bee goes back to the hive and either regurgitates it into the mouth of another bee where that bee saliva then mixes with it and breaks it down even further or into the hive. That is your delicious sweet honey. The bees then fan the honey with their wings and cause it uh, to evaporate a little bit. And when it's complete, they seal the honey in the honeycomb with some type of uh, wax, beeswax, a wax-like substance that comes out of their abdomen. And then the beekeeper takes drops of honey from the cavities of the honeycomb with a specialized machine, and that's the honey that we have. Good. That is how honey is made. Now the question is, there is a mission where the mission tells us, the mission discusses what if you have a kosher animal that gives birth to a baby and the baby looks like a non-kosher animal. Do you assume that the baby has the status of a non-kosher animal or the status of a kosher animal? Or the reverse, you have a non-kosher animal gives birth to a baby and the baby looks like a kosher animal. So let's say you have a pig gives birth to what looks like a sheep. So is the sheep is that sheep considered to be kosher? Do you say no? It's obviously really a pig because it comes from a mother that's a pig. So the Gemara develops the concept, the idea that anything that comes out of a non-kosher animal is not kosher, even if it has split holes, chooses its God has you know looks like a kosher animal. Doesn't matter. It's yotzei minatame. It's tame. That's why milk from let's say non-kosher animals is not kosher. You can't have milk of a pig. You can have milk of a cow because a cow is kosher. Kol yotzei minatahar is tahar. The Gemara on the Zayinum Ralph says, What about the urine of a donkey? The Tibari the Susim, whatever the Gemara goes on to say, that uh, the, the, the Gemara goes on to say that Rav Sheshes holds that uh, that it's that that um, that it's us to drink the Meraglayim of a donkey, even though the Meraglayim is just the water that the donkey drank coming out. So water is generally is generally kosher. So the Gemara says, well, why is it any different than? honey from a bee. The bee is not a kosher animal, so why is the honey okay? Because we assume that the bee, it's not really being made by the bee, it's not really coming from the bee, it's just passing, the nectar is just passing through the bee, so it should be no different than the uh, than the meraglayim 
of a of a chamar. So the Gemara says that Rav Shesha is smashed like Rav Yaakov, who says that honey is an exception to the rule because the, the there's a special xeris hakasuv pasuk in the Torah that tells me that honey is kosher, that bee honey is kosher. The pasuk says ach es ze. So ach es ze is uh, is 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 uh, a special pasuk where we learn that uh, that bee honey is kosher. Um, now. That's, that, that works for bee honey, it's not going to work for other types of honey. Now, the question that some of the uh, achronim deal with is, wait a second, is the pasuk achazad the best raya that bee honey is kosher? Shouldn't you have a better raya that bee honey is kosher? We have better psukim to use. For instance, Shemos Paragimel, the Pasuk says that Eretz Yisrael, that, that we're going to, that we are promised, and that we're heading to, that we were heading to at the time in Shemos Paragimel, at the beginning of Shemos, is in Eretz Zavas Chalav U Devash. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. How, how much of a tease would that be if God keeps telling us, oh, I'm going to take you to this awesome land flowing with milk and honey? And honey's not kosher. <laughs> you can't you can't tell me that it's so great if it's flowing with something that I'm not even allowed to eat. So isn't that a raya that honey is is kosher? The Rashi in Parshas Kisavo tells us that uh, that when it comes to bikurim, the mitzvah of bikurim, we know that we only bring bikurim from one of the shivas aminim, and one of the minim listed in Parshas Ekev is devash. So you see from there that devash very often, when the Torah uses the term devash, does not mean bee honey. Devash means Dvash tamarim, the honey that comes from dates, means the juices, the thick juices that come out of a date that could be very sweet. It's date honey, it's not bee honey. So that would obviously solve the problem. That's why it's not a uh, it's not an issue that the uh, that the Gemara uses the pasuk achazet instead of using the pasuk of zavaschal v'dvash. Zavaschal v'dvash clearly refers to uh, re- refers to date honey and not to and not to bee honey. Uh, not only that, Rashi in Parshvayikra, the pasuk says that if a person brings a carbon mincha, it shouldn't have any dvash. And the Torah tells us that uh, that it can't be brought with a carbon mincha. So, so shouldn't that tell us, generally speaking, it must be kosher? If the Torah needs to tell me that it can't be brought with a carbon mincha, because obviously anything that's not kosher, you can't bring on the zvech. So Rashi says no. But there, dvash also means dvash of a fruit. It doesn't mean dvash from a bee. So that's why it's not really an issue. The main halachic issue that the post can discuss when it comes to bee honey is that. It used to be nowadays. Thank God, we have uh, Im- uh, improved processes of production of honey. But it used to be that a lot of times you get honey, and there would be bugs, uh, uh, the, the bee legs in the honey. The bees' legs would get stuck in there, and you'd be eating bee legs. And that's not only doesn't sound disgusting, but that lechor is a kashrus problem. It's not allowed to eat bugs. So the 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 rishonim and uh, and achronim have different ways of dealing with uh, with the bee legs that are in the honey. The Mishnah. In the Sechs of the Zara, and says that if a non-kosher food falls into a kosher food and it's no Saint Tamlifgam, it gives a negative taste, then the kosher the kosher food is still kosher. It's not considered to have been traked up by non-kosher food that's no Saint Tamlifgam. Now Tosas raises the question that how could the, how how could anyone uh, be ever eat unfiltered honey? What about the legs? It also says that since bee legs are bone and they're not flesh, they're, uh, they're, they're it's mutter to eat them because they're less than the size of uh, of an adasha. So it's it's totally mutter to eat. And the assumption is that it's uh, it's giving a negative taste. That it's not giving a positive taste. Whatever taste it gives is only going to be a negative taste. Presumably, it would be bata b'shishim anyway. I mean, whatever bee legs are in there are going to be bata 
unless it's a whole burial, unless it's a whole bee, that would be a different different problem. The rush and Rabbeinu Yon over there, Rabbeinu Yon Mesachas Brachos, point out that honey has uh, is, is is very unique. Honey, Torah is compared to a couple of things. Compared to honey, is compared to Aish. The Bali Musa point out why is Torah compared to Aish? Because not only does Aish consume consume things, does it destroy things, but whatever it's destroying becomes part of the fire. It's the fuel of the fire itself. It's not just one element countering another element. It actually becomes part of it. Honey has that same koach, and that's why Torah is compared to honey also. Honey has the ability to take something that's sitting in honey and turn it into honey after after a while. So if a non-kosher thing falls into the honey, you're allowed to eat the whole mixture because there is it all ends up becoming honey. So that could be the explanation of the bee legs, that the bee legs aren't bee legs. If they sit in the honey, they actually become honey. It's a fascinating comment of the Rashba and the Tshuva. The Rashba and the Tshuva in Chelek Aleph Simen Pei says that L'chora, this is against the Gemara. The Gemara in the beginning of the Sechzbad Basra tells us about Hordus. That Hordus was an Evet from the base Chashmonai, King Herod. He was an Evet from the base Chashmonai, and one day he heard a Baskal. He heard a heavenly voice come out and say that any Evet who rebels today is going to be successful in his rebellion. So Hordus went ahead and he rebelled, and he was successful in his rebellion, and he killed out his entire master's house except for one person that he left alive. There was a young girl that he was in love with that he wanted to marry. So the girl decided she was so disgusted by what he had done and that she had no interest in marrying him so Salikal Igra she went to the to the rooftop Viramakala and she shouted in a loud voice Amra she said Avdohu Anyone who ever comes and claims in the future that they come from the house of the Chashmonim, they're an Eved. Because the only thing left, the only person left from the base Chashmonim is this young girl, meaning herself. And this young girl is about to fall from the roof down to the ground and, and, and die. Meaning she committed suicide rather than to have to marry him. So his plans were foiled. He wanted to marry her and now she's dead. So what did he do? the natural thing to do. He preserved her body in honey for seven years and did all sorts of abominable things with her uh, with her preserved body. Gives new meaning to uh, hi honey I'm home. So uh, so he, he preserved <laughs> I couldn't resist. He, he, preserved, he preserved her body in honey for all those years. So says Rash, but wait a second. I thought we just saw in these Rishonim that when something is, 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 is covered in honey, that ultimately it turns into honey. How did he preserve the body in honey and didn't turn into... So the Rashba says there must be a difference between preserving an entire entity in honey where it works as a preservative versus having something, a piece of something in honey where ultimately it turns into the honey itself. Now, I don't know if the Rashba means that literally that it's, it's, it's about whether it's whole or, or, or part. It sounds that way from Zlashon, or whether it's about the size of it. Something so big, like a full human body, cannot possibly all turn into honey. But it's, it sounds like he, he holds that it's a dinin, it being whole versus, uh, versus not being whole. Um, so again, so there are different uh, svaras as to uh, why it is that uh, that the, the legs are not a problem. So you have the svara that it's no some of gum. Some of the rishonim write you have the svara that it becomes part of the honey itself. You have the svara that it's sruch uh, meikara that it's considered to be it's considered to be disgusting to begin with. It's something so the gemara says in Avodah Zarah that kol nevela she'inu ru'yil ger zeinu kriya zeinu kriya nevela. 
anything that's not edible to begin with, aside from the what what gives a negative taste in something else. If something, if a substance is not edible to begin with, something that's just completely inedible, so then it's not called not kosher. Meaning it would be uh, it would be kosher. So it could be that it's kosher for uh, for that reason. That it's 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 a nevelu shein ruya liger. The uh, so that and there are other svaras as well. The tour in Simon Reish Dalit says that the bracha, the proper bracha, what makes on honey is the bracha of shahakol. The Torah Tamima writes that uh, Rishonim say that really the bracha should have been ha'adama, because where does the the honey come from? It comes from the nectar of a fruit, of a plant. So really it should have been ha'adama, but he says it's shahakol because uh, it's you can't taste the nectar anymore of the plant. Now that may not be true. There are people that tell me there's a guy in my shul who's very into honey. He's uh, he gets orders like specially no, orders. You're talking about. Do you? Yeah, his house for sukkah. Ah, okay, yeah, you did. So he orders uh, he orders all these uh, fancy kinds of honey, and he says you can t- these aren't flavored honeys where they add flavoring. These are honey. The, the different types of honey are based on the nectar of the different types of flowers that the bees are getting the nectar from, and you can taste the difference in the honey. So it's difficult to say, like the Tartamima, that you don't taste the nectar at all if it actually produces a qualitatively different different taste. Rav Maisha writes in the Chuva that he doesn't understand why you need to say this reason at all. There should be a more simple reason. When you uh, when you have apple juice, what bracha you make an apple juice? Shahakal. Why isn't it an eight? It doesn't look anything like an apple anymore. It's completely uh, it's completely broken down. Or apple sauce, let's say it doesn't have any chunks of of apples, so it would be uh, it would be a shackle loses uh, loses its entire status as the original the original item. So that's why the the nectar that turns that's turned into honey doesn't at all resemble a uh, a flower anymore or a plant anymore. Lachora, that would be why you would make a shackle, especially if the Torah Tamima's reason isn't isn't correct uh, practically. If it's not uh, if it's not if the mitzius of that reason is not correct. Anyway, that's a little bit of. Uh, uh, mostly what Ari Lipsky had to say and a little bit what the Star K had to say about uh, about honey and the kashas of honey. Okay. That's